0: To John chapter 16. Sorry, Barry, I gave you nothing this morning. How about that? Well, praise God. John 16, 33. There's a discourse going on in, in John 16 where the Lord is really pouring out his heart to his disciples and telling them what's going on, what's going to go on. It's a pretty uh, tough time. You know, there's just uh, let's see, 21 chapters in John and this is 16. So he's he's winding it down And uh, so he comes to a conclusion statement. In verse 32, he says, you know, uh, you're going to be scattered. Uh, The father's with me. And he's just saying all sorts of scary things to him. And then in verse 33, he does a summary. He says in verse 33, these things I have spoken unto you. So you'd have to go up and read chapter 16 to find out what that is. But here's the point that in me. Ye might have peace. The word there is shalom. These things I have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. Right here he tells us that we can have peace not by going to the beach or the mountains or or wherever. Uh, That gives you a certain kind of uh, uh, soul rest, but it doesn't give you peace down in your spirit, man. He said, my words is going to give you peace. I've spoken these that you might have peace. then he says a statement that brings application. In the world, ye shall have tribulation. And, you know, we've looked at that word many times. It means trouble. Could I have an amen there? In the world, you're going to have trouble. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter, you know, how rich you are. Michael Jordan or George Washington or it doesn't matter. Uh, You're going to. It also means pressure. It means distress in the world. Ye shall have tribulation. So becoming a Christian does not exempt us from trouble. But then he says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And that word overcome means conquered. I've conquered it, so we're going into a battle that you've already, uh, that I've already won. So here we have an admonition about the Lord Jesus, about the kingdom that's coming to all of us, and we're all full-grown. We've already experienced. This is true. There has been trouble, but some people think, well, if I get spiritual enough, I won't have trouble. No, you'll always have challenges, or have pressure, or distress that will come into your view. But he said, I've overcome or conquered the world. And so we have here a choice. And that's what I want to encourage you about this morning, is there's a choice. You can either suffer from the trouble, which means just take it as it comes, blow by blow. Oh, no, here it comes another thing. Here comes this. Oh, we're, we're this and that. Or you can suffer in faith. You can suffer and just let it come over. You can suffer in faith. It is a suffering in faith. Y'all know there is a suffering to get into faith. You just got, you got to put the word in. You got to, you got to tell those doubts and unbeliefs. You can't live here anymore. You got to tell things that, you know, you want to whine and cry and carry on about and blame people and like, why, why are they doing this to me? And I hate the devil. I've told the devil many times, I hate you. I hate you. And, you know, but it doesn't do anything to him because whatever. So you have to either suffer under the trouble or you have to suffer in faith. The One thing about suffering in faith is you get strong so that the trouble, when it comes the next time, it doesn't bother you. We are going to have trouble, distress, pressure come against us. But it doesn't have to bother us. We can win in that. And here's our pattern right here, chapter 16. Jesus said, I am your pattern. All that I did in the world, everything I did while I was on earth, is your pattern of how to overcome tribulation. And you all know he had trouble. One time they were ready to stone him. Another time they were ready to throw him off the edge of the cliff. the Bible said he just walked through them. Uh, They tried to trap him, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. All this trouble that he had, he always overcame it. He didn't eliminate it. He didn't strike them dead. He didn't, like magic, just disappear. He always met the trouble head on. Now, we have a saying here, and we talked about it Wednesday. Everything is turning out amazing. We get that from the scripture in Romans chapter 8 where it says, all things work together for good to those that love God and are the called according to his purpose. We get that according to Ephesians 3.20, where it says uh, uh, that we'll have exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine according to the power that works in us. We get that from uh, uh, Romans. It says greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We get that from Corinthians. It says he always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus, and on and on and on. We've just got pages of scriptures where uh, everything is turning out amazing. And then the the rest of that little concentration is, and everything that is not amazing. Y'all have anything that's not amazing going on? This is not amazing. It may be amazing, but not that kind of amazing. Everything's turning out amazing, and everything that is not amazing is still turning. So there's a process. There's a process to life and how you interface with life. You know, woe is me, there's trouble. Or there's trouble, no big deal. It's just trouble. We looked at a scripture a couple weeks ago where it says that the devil can't bring anything to us that's not common to man. So there's a list it's a definitive list of what he can bring against us. He cannot invent something or come at us in a way. You've watched sci-fi mu- movies or horror movies or or uh, alien abduction movies, you'll that disputes it. The devil's trying to get it into our culture that he's bringing something that's not common demand. That's what all these alien movies are about is to dispute the rapture so that when we're gone there'll be an explanation in the world of where we went, that's not spiritual. It'll be, well, the aliens snatched us, and the aliens came, and this, that, and the other. And the world will absolutely believe that. Aliens, I had someone ask me the other day, uh, 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 a little man that was here uh, with a contractor, he said, you know, I, I, I've seen aliens, and I've seen this, that, and the other. What is that? And I said, it's just demons masquerading as aliens. They just they, they, they can do that. And if you fall for it, well you'll be you'll be deceived. But anyway, everything is turning out amazing. That has to be a faith posture to in the world, you'll have tribulation. You got to think like that, or you'll be overwhelmed by the trouble that's in the world, because family, we hadn't seen all the trouble that the, that's coming. We've seen some things, but we hadn't seen all of it. Nine- one-one was an example to America of things we'd never seen. But there's trouble coming. There's an Antichrist that's still yet to be revealed. There's a false prophet that's out there. None of that will affect you and me, but there is a, a trouble. And then there's the seven-year tribulation, which you and I will not go through. There's trouble out there yet to, to come. But we're going to escape all of it, and what we don't escape, we are going to overcome it because everything that's not amazing is turning. So a faith process is working in my life. I I have to look at everything that's in my life, everything that's facing me, the challenges, the 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 things that that are obstructing my goals and the calling on my life and the and and who I am as a husband, as a father, as a everything like that. I have to say, this isn't the end. It's turning. It's turning like everything that is amazing turned from not amazing. To amazing it turned and this will turn and things that have co- haven't even come yet they will turn till they are amazing now we talked wednesday about two things that amazing requires two things that you got to know are in the process of trouble turning into amazing one of them we said was time if you're going to hold out for amazing instead of pretty good mediocre close enough that's okay It's going to take time. When you when you set yourself that my God supplies all of my need, you're going to have to spend some time. You're going to bring your tithe, you're going to bring, you're going to bring a mindset of God is my supplier, and you're going to the devil's going to throw this block and that trouble, and people are going to be crazy. You know these things. And it just, but you hold firm. You just stand fast. You don't, you don't let these things. And but it takes a while to work out or sift through all the devil and the world has, till you get to amazing. The good news is, is once you get on a plateau or an area of amazing, it starts to be your life. You start living there, and it doesn't take long after that. Once you've whipped the devil in your head with your faith. He pretty much runs out of it. Uh, I had a man tell me the other day, he said, you know that kitchen sink you keep talking about? We, you're just talking about when the kitchen sink goes by the third time, you know the devil doesn't have anything new because if he did, he, you know, I said, you know, he's already given his best shot to you. Now he's just trying to wear you down with all of his shots recycled. Yeah. Now, once you figure that out, you know, he, if he could have taken me out, he would have taken me out. The only way he's going to get me now is if he just catches me asleep, not on guard, thinking that I don't have to be vigilant anymore. I can just be carnal. That's the only chance the devil has. Prosperity is absolutely in your path. I can tell you, family, it is in our path. The Word says it, and we've, we've entered into it in our faith, and absolutely, things are turning towards that. But if you ever settle, if you ever just say, you know, I don't think it's going to work. It would have worked by now and this that. I'm just going to quit. That's the only that's the only chance the devil has is to get you to quit. So time is a factor in amazing. But I want to share with you something I didn't share the other night that I found is also a factor in amazing. And that's called knowing or I'm going to call it uh, what I, I wrote down uh, holy ghost intel. Tell me this, if you were going to be so powerful and so rich in the world, what is the one thing that could put you there just like this? We've read, uh, 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 I, I saw that movie the other day, uh, uh, Back to the Future. I didn't see it, but I saw a clip of it where uh, they uh, they went back in time and it made them, they knew things that were going to be in the future but it was not the future. How did I say that? Uh, they knew who was going to win ball games and sports matches and who was going to be president, and they were in a time before that happened. How wealthy could you be if you knew what was going to happen? You, you'd have the sports market, the, the financial market, you'd have the political, you'd, ha- you'd be the master of everything if you knew what was going to happen before it happened. And I'm going to tell you something amazing has the element of Holy ghost Intel to know before it happens. You go, well, God, you said he's going to prosper me. One way he's going to prosper us and keep us in health is by knowing before everybody else knows. It's an attribute of the born again, man. I'm going to show you that in the word. So, um, Going from tribulation to amazing is not eliminating tribulation but overcoming or conquering tribulation by time and by uh, by knowing we call it being at the right place at the right time so many times I've messed up. I zigged when I should have zagged i was I was over here doing this, and then all of a sudden it happened. And I wasn't where I was supposed to be. Y'all ever been there? If you just held on, or if you just uh, assimilated the information that God had given you, but you didn't pay attention, I uh, just didn't catch. And there you were, over there, stranded on this place, when the blessing that God was sending you to, that you were almost there, it happened, and it was assigned to you, I need to pay better attention next time. And that's it. Uh, So father here, listen, father, are we sons and daughters? So we have a father and he wants us to know the family business. You go, I don't know if God wants anybody to know the future. He told us in uh, Matthew 25, in that parable, he said, I'm going to give you my kingdom. Now go and while I'm gone, go and do business. And to do business, you got to know what's going on. You gotta know what Father's about. You gotta be able, we're co-labours with him, and we gotta know the kingdom's business. You go, I think God just does it on his own from heaven. That's not what it says in the word. It says, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose. So we're supposed to know more than we know. The Bible says, Are you not mere men? We are not mere men. We are sons and daughters of heavenly Father, spiritual Father. We're supposed to know more than the world. It is the advantage that we have, that with faith and patience, we're willing to wait, and that we know more than them. Turn with me, to, uh, if you would, to John 16, verse 12. You're right right there. Let's just go back up where the Lord Jesus uh, talked to us about this. Uh, Right before he told them in the world you're going to have tribulation, He said in verse 12, I have yet many things to say unto you. Well, say them, Lord. If you've got something to say, say it. But ye cannot bear them now. Now, I'm going to tell you all, we have to grow up a certain amount to hear certain things. We know that about kids. You can't give a shotgun to a 10-year-old. Well, in Alabama, maybe you can. Um, (laughs) Let's see, you can't give a shotgun to a, yeah, anyway, you're not supposed to give a shotgun to, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I had a motorcycle when I was little, and anyway. Uh, he says, but ye cannot bear them now. So the Lord, listen, he would tell us more if we could bear it. If we would, ta- bear it means if we would take it and run with it. Turn what well, you might hold your finger there but turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He said, "I would tell you more, but ye cannot bear it." Lord, tell me some things. He said, "I'm ready." Well, Lord, you don't ever tell me anything. I'm ready, but you can't bear it. Look what it says in chapter 3. Look verse 1. Here's Paul talking to the church at Corinth. He said, I, brethren, so he's talking to born-again men and women, could not speak unto you, could not, as unto spiritual. But I had to speak unto you as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. He said, I've written you before, I've talked to you before, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, For hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal? And here's that scripture, and walk as men. The translation says walk as mere men. Well, we don't want to be carnal. We don't want to be on milk. We don't want to think that our life is all that God has for us, it could be that if we don't grow up a little bit, stretch to 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 uh, to uh, conquer the tribulations, that He wouldn't deliver us out of more than what we've even got. I'm telling you, when you take a jump with God, He'll tell you more. Remember the parable of the the uh, the uh, talents, where He had three men, He had eight units of prosperity, and He gave to one man uh, five. Gave one man two and one man one. Why? According to their ability. The word there is capacity. Or you could say according to their maturity, how much they'd grown up. Of course you're going to give like uh, like Eric and Anita. You're going to give more to Andrew than you do to Laura Beth to do. Because he's grown up more than she is. She's not even three yet. And so you can't expect the same out of her as you do Andrew. Amen? And so God's looking at us and saying, I'm going to give you as much as you can handle. Not as much as I've got, but as much as you can handle. Well, God, how come you're blessing Brother Doodly do over here? You know, how come you're pouring it on him and he's got doors open and just it flows? It's usually because that man or woman could receive more. Uh, in that same passage that we just talked about, the three talents or the three men. The Bible says, uh, well done, thou good and faithful servants. That word faithful is the word easily persuaded to believe. Let's point to ourselves and say that. I'm easily persuaded to believe. Now, that's, that's what we've got to be. We've got to be like mere children, just little kids, just say, well, Daddy said it was that way, so that's the way it is, instead of hesitating and stopping. I remember when we first tithed, it was a big deal. Y'all, it was a big deal. I think it's a big deal to everybody, but, you know, because you're just starting out. And tithing is just like, what? And you look around at all the wrong reasons not to tithe. You go, well, you know, they got more money than I do. That's one reason you say, I'm not tithing to them because they got more money than me. As if it was a thing that says that we need to uh, to uh, all be equal. But anyway, I had to grow up. And once I grew up on the tithe and said, okay, I'm in. Then doors opened. God started talking to me and Debbie about all sorts of stuff that were already there. It wasn't God withholding. It was me unable to bear it. He said, you know, if you can't handle this, well, you sure can't handle that. How much could God give us if we just would say yes to some little stuff? We're not really saying no to little stuff. We're saying no to a bunch of stuff. Um, Slip over to Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. This is real powerful if you'll, uh, you know, just say, okay, I'm going to grow up. And it doesn't mean that you're not grown up. It doesn't mean that we're immature. It doesn't mean that we're mere men. It just means there's always more. There's always more. Look in uh, chapter 5, verse 11. It says, Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered. Why are they hard to be uttered, Paul? Seeing that ye are dull of hearing. So I just want to, Oh, Lord, I want to get where I can hear better. I want to get it that what I do hear, I have understanding about. That I'm not assuming that God is on the hunt to hurt me or that people have a motive that share. He said in verse uh, 12, for when, the time, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such if had need of milk and of not strong meat, now, I don't know if y'all know these people, but I've known people uh from my past that that are uh as old as I am or older actually, and uh uh we started out together in the in the church that we all started at, but they're the same as they were then yeah. they 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 haven't grown, and I'm no better, no different than they are. Why would God, why would he show favor on me and not them? It has nothing to do with God. It has everything to do with us. There's just a grace that said yes in certain areas. But I'll tell you, I said no in a bunch of them too. I was hard-headed, stiff-necked, dug my heels in. when, When we first got the Holy Ghost, I mean, Debbie and I got it together, but I sent my missionary down to the meeting. Before I went, I sent her, you go down and check it out. And if it's good, well, then I'll go the next time. Oh, that's not right. That's not good. That's not the way it's supposed to be. You know, and then there was a prayer meeting that come up. and It's like, ah, I, I want to watch TV. You go down there and see if it's any good. And if you really like it, then I'll go with you. I hate to admit it, but I was not spiritual. I was, it was just an attitude. And it cost me. So I had to speed up. I had to say yes to God in a bunch of areas that my flesh is not that wide open. Um, look, let's look at, let's uh, finish this up in verse 14. He said, uh, 13, For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, Even those who by reason of use, reason of use, reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So concerning the future, things are presented to you and me. People come into our lives. Events happen. Opportunities are jumping up. Is it good or is it evil? You got to know the future. You've got to be able to see this is an open window from heaven, or this is a counterfeit, a trap of the evil one, and I'm not going there. i got to be unequally yoked with an unbeliever to do that, which I've done. Thought it was God. Could not discern between good and evil. Just, well, I really could. But I just overrode it. And it bit me and Debbie. It bit us. We clamped, It clamped on us and wouldn't let go. Several times I've done that in my life where you just don't know. Well, it's by reason of use. Should have gone to that meeting with her, the prayer meeting. Should have gone to that that uh, first. Should have gone. Should have gone. Should have said yes. But lazy and carnal and unbelieving, I said no. Praise God she went. And then I went. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, somebody's, you know, giving you an opportunity. Would you do this? Nah, I don't believe I will. Is it an opportunity for God? Or is it an opportunity to steal from you your time and your energy? You got to know. Is this the fu- What's the future? What is the end of this? What If I say yes, I'm going to paint the, the children's church for pastor, you know, or for the church or whatever, is that a time waster? Or is that a golden door that's going to open up? There it is. Uh, I've already read Matthew 25, but let's turn there anyway and look at verse 29. If you want to whip tribulation, which Jesus said you will always face, you have to know the future and you have to have a willingness to wait. It says in verse uh, 21, we'll read that one again. It says, His Lord said unto him, well done, thou! Well done, thou! Good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. So it's a it's a window. He said, "You you you saw the little thing, and you didn't say this is just a little thing. You were faithful, as if it was a big thing, over this little thing." And behind that door opened a big thing. Now, family, this is where your promotion is coming. It's when we're faithful over a little thing. Anybody will love to be asked to be on stage and be the keynote speaker and give you $10,000. Everybody's in for that. But when you're just asked to do a Bible study at your own expense, on your own time, and you have to clean house all day to do it, Who wants that? What's the profit of that? Well, you've got to see what's behind it. Faithful over little, then master over much. But look in verse 29. He said, uh, here we are. After he got through dealing with all three men, here's the bottom line of the kingdom. For unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. You got to know the future. We got these people that go into the nursery every service. It's not their kid, mostly. I mean, Anita, and and, I mean, we do have some of that, but mostly it's not theirs. It's like, what? What is this? Well, it's not just keeping someone else's child, it's stewardship over a little. The Lord didn't just say, that's the end of it. it. It ends when the service is over and you're done. Same with Children's Church. Same with uh, Eric receiving the offering. Same with Barry in the... Sa- uh, the same with all ministries. It's like, is this all there is to this? Oh, no. When you open this door, there's a chain reaction that opens many doors behind it that most people will never push on the, the inobvious door because they don't know the mechanics behind the other. They say, oh, I'm going to go to work and make some real money, or I'm going to go pursue this career and be real famous. Thinking that there's many doors behind that, often there are not. So let's go back to John 16. I don't want to labor this, but I, I want to show you how the Lord, how simple, like Eric said, how simple and how easy the kingdom is. It's just so basic you could miss it, looking for something hard and complicated and something you needed to suffer for in order to come out. It says, Let's read that same verse again, uh, verse 12 of chapter 16. He said, I have yet many things to say unto you, many things. Many things must be said. And there's a little bit of frustration there. I mean, not really, but he says, but ye cannot bear them now. So the Lord's just saying, we need more time. Not more time to pass because of time, but more time to pass for you to grow up. And if we spend more time and you don't grow up, more time won't help. So he said, uh, uh, but ye cannot bear them now. Um, Verse 13, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come... Now, this is peculiar to him in that day because he was going to leave the earth. He was going to, he was going to uh, be martyred. He was going to die and be raised from the dead. Holy Spirit was going to come. He said, he, Holy Spirit, will guide you into all truth. So is that happening right now? Is Holy Spirit in here? Is he ready? Is he willing? Is he able to guide us into all truth? Truth always wins. God is true. Jesus is true. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Who's he going to speak? He's going to speak until he will guide you. He's going to speak to guide. Know the future before the future is here. And he will show you things to come. Um, the amplified said, "I still have many things to say to you, but you're not able to bear them or take them upon you or to grasp them now so let's just think about things just for a moment. think about what the what you are wrestling with, if anything, right now what are you in the alligator pit with, and you can't let go of the alligator?" you've got him around the mouth and you you know if you ever let go of him he's going to bite you so you got to step but you got to whip him and you got your hands around him and you're like I need to know how to do this uh, there was that uh, uh that song you know I've got a tiger by the tail you know you just can't let go but you can't hold on forever so what do we do that's tribulation in the world he said uh, uh but you cannot grasp him now And then verse 13, he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. The New Living Translation says, he will tell you about the future. Let's point to ourselves in first person. He will tell me about the future. Now, this is who you are. A born-again believer has the right not just to go to heaven, But he will tell me about the future. Nothing more powerful except to cast out demons and stuff like that than to know about the future. What's going to happen? The Passion Translation says, oh, now this is it. He will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. So Holy Ghost knows what's going to come. Everything is turning out amazing. How can we say that? Because He will reveal the future prophetically, what is about to come. I just got to listen. Got to tune in. Got to pay attention. Got to be faithful over little. Let's go all the way to 1 John. 1 John. We'll wind this thing up. I'm I'm really excited about this. Everything is turning out amazing. We said Wednesday night, why not wait for it? We hadn't got anything else to do. We're not doing anything like, well, you know, I really need to go off and do this and that. I don't have time to wait on God. Sure you do. You're not doing anything. You're just going to work. You're just raising kids. Everybody's been doing that for forever and ever. You're just balancing your checking account. You're just paying the bills. You're going to the grocery store and looking for the 12-ounce pickles, and all you can find is the 8-ounce pickles. And so you know you're you're hammering the grocer person, and you're looking. You know it's just life. It's just life. Who's got the cheapest gas? Is it Chevron or Shell? You know, just it's just where where's some good tires? It's just life. We might as well wait on God. He will reveal to us prophetically the future. First John two twenty says this. This is an I, I've never understood or or been able to get around. The, the weight of this scripture. Um, verse 19, we'll just there, it says, they went out from us, talking about the Antichrist, the imitation Messiahs. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest or revealed that they were not all of us. But ye, but ye, Here's the difference. But you that did know, did not go out from us, but ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. So there's things that made other people go out they didn't know. They didn't know some things. They were deceived. The lie had come, and they'd bought in. They were promoting themselves. They were waiting on a, you know, oh, I'd go with God, but, you know, it's just fixing to be a big deal for me. I'm just fixing to cash in. It's just fixing to break big for me. Everybody's got that story. We ain't got time for God. I've got it. I've got it. Who's got time to read the Bible day and night, night and day? Who's got time to pray all the time? Nobody's got time. You have to just take your life and carve it out because it's not just like sitting there. Somebody will say, when you have the time, would you do this? Who's got the time? Who's ever got the time? If you did have time, you already got a list of how you want to spend the when I have the time, a movie, go to the beach, or whatever. Everybody's got time, that's, but nobody's got the time, and so uh, we have this unction. The word unction there means endowment of the Holy Spirit. So I have, you have, we have an endowment of the Holy Spirit. Let's say Amen to that. We have an endowment. We look just like sinners. We look like carnal people. We look like regular folks. But the Bible says we have on the inside of us an endowment, a grace. It's a grace, something that you can have at no cost, but you have to qualify for. Ye have an unction of the Holy Ghost from the Holy One, and ye... Know all things. The word know there means you're aware, but more importantly, it means you understand all things. So, in the spirit realm, in the realm that's down here, the word says, I know more than I know up here. My head is always figuring out why I can take less, do with little, not believe God, Endure some suffering, hurry up. Everything is turning out amazing. But the the man or the woman that doesn't have time for the amazing will settle for the same life that the sinner has who doesn't even know there is an amazing. So we have to just buckle in and say, God, I got to know the future. I got to know what amazing looks like. To know what amazing looks like, you've got to meditate this. You've got to look in this. You've got to hear testimonies. Testimonies are so important. They're so powerful. I was this, and I was that, and my life was this, and my life was that. But the Word of God, I believed it, and all of a sudden, my life changed. And it turned to amazing. You have to hear that. It's so powerful to hear someone that's been there, just where you are, and their life turned amazing. The other thing is, is you've got to put on time. Like I said, you've got to just say, I'm going to wait. I've always been in a hurry. When I was 20, um, 25, um, we got the Holy Ghost. I was 25, and then a week later or so, I turned 26, and we started a Bible study in our home the week after, week after that. I, I, I couldn't even spell Bible study. And I sure didn't know anything about what went on in one. And so we had all of our Baptist friends come over that were just like us. And I didn't know anything to teach them. I didn't know anything. So I studied eight hours. I would put eight hours in. And as you know how it is when you first start out, it blooped out in 14 minutes. You know, eight hours in, 14 minutes out. It's like, God is love, God loves you, God God really loves you, and he'll always love you. Amen. (laughs) It took eight hours. It took eight hours. I mean, I really, I I was farming, and so I would, I'd come in and just, because I'd never been in the Bible. I'd never, but here we had to have it. And maybe it wasn't quite that bad, but it was close. And so when I got through Everybody in the room knew as much as me because I gave them everything I had. So we were all at the same level. If they heard me, we all knew the same thing. And that was Thursday nights, and then they would go home. I'd go back to the farm, and I'd study eight more hours to try to get something that they didn't have, something I didn't have. And then the next Thursday they'd come, and we would it just bloop out. And, but I would go 16 minutes or 20 minutes. And now they can't shut me up. Hallelujah. <laughs> it just goes and goes. And it got where I didn't have to go eight hours. And uh someone asked me the other day, you mean you you didn't you didn't go to school? No, didn't go to seminary, didn't go to school, didn't go anywhere. Well, how'd you get it? Well, I was farming and I would I would put the cassette in my tractor. I had an air-conditioned cab and so uh my new tractor, and I'd put the cassette in and then it would automatically reverse. And when I, but you were getting up and down out of the tractor and kicking weeds and setting and adjusting uh, sweeps, and you, so when when the whole tape had run, I'd hit it again and I'd run it again because you would hear things the second time through that you didn't get the first time, and after the second time I'd take it out, put it in the box and put tape two in, and I did that all day long, all day long, from sun up to sundown, all day long, every day. Except Sunday, every day that I was on a tractor. Or I had it in my pickup. And then I read these little books by Charles Caps and by Kenneth Copeland and Brother Hagen. Just had all these little books. And I would study them intensely, trying to get something in because I had no foundation. So I had to go in there and dig out just to put the foundation in and then build on the foundation. Just like all of us have or will. We're still building. And every once in a while, we find a bad spot in our foundation. We go, that, that won't hold anything. That's not going to handle it. And so we have to dig it out. And it's painful because we like, I worked hard to get that in there. And it's got to go. That God wants you poor. That God wants you to suffer. That God wants you sick. All that's got to go. That, that, that it's hard or that God, all the things that we've believed and been taught, it's all got to come out. In order to have a gospel, so you can learn the future and be willing to wait. So before it was over, we were laying. We had enough faith in our Bible study that we were laying hands on people for healing, and we had one man. He was actually the husband of Debbie's real close uh, friend. Roger did not want to be there, and Roger had a bad back. And Roger, we said that we were praying for. We would put him in the chair. You know, back in those days, we put everybody in the chair, and then we would pray, and we'd pray all that we knew, and then we said, "Roger, you get in the chair." No, I'm good. I don't. It's all right. My back's not bothering me. He just liar, liar, pants on fire. Just you know, he just hurting and couldn't. But uh, uh, we just did it anyway. Kind of browbeat him into getting in the chair, and prayed for him, and just just because he was so honry. We just did it for a moment it wasn't one of those long oh god you know how pretty the flowers are the sky is blue just like touch roger lord anyway he got healed he was the most surprised of all of us he got his back totally healed well once that happens to us you can't sit down your 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 woods are on fire you Once you get a miracle and you didn't know anything, but God just did it anyway, you're changed and you can't go back. All the things that you said, like, I see these people on TV, that's all fake. You know, that's all just, you know, whatever for money and all that. All that stuff goes when it happens to you and through you. It stops. And you weren't tithing and you were struggling. And so you start tithing. And all of a sudden, when the bollworms come in and everybody is devastated, but you you, you went to Malachi and said, God, I'm a tither. David and I went around the farm and said, we're tithers, and you say of the tither, their fruit shall not cast its vine, fruit before its time. The vine. And we, we, we claimed it, and we didn't spray, and we had a crop, the best crop we ever had. Once that happens to you, you can't go back. You can't say, well, you know, I heard this, or, you know, Billy Bob said that. It just changes everything. Um, so we have an unction from the Holy One. Debbie and I went around the farm with a little Pompeii olive oil, which means nothing. And we poured a little dab on each corner. We had about 1,500 acres. We were out of money. And the worms were in full flight. They were, they were eating everything. And uh, the bank said, no more money. We've already put too much in this crop. And we just went around. So we knew the future, that if we would go around and dedicate our land, and it worked. And I'm telling you, I'm changed from that moment forward. And things like that have happened to you, where it's just, it was little to someone else, and it was a long litany of things that they could say, but that was the one thing that turned you loose and said, I'm a believer now. I believe, what else is there? My last scripture, don't turn there, but it's in First Chronicles twelve thirty two, And here's what the Bible says. Issachar was one of the 12 sons of Jacob, the 12 tribes. And here's what it says about him. It says, the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. And church, I'm telling you this morning, We are children of God. And we ought to know, or we do know, what the kingdom of God ought to do. We are not in darkness. Uh, Paul said in Thessalonians concerning the second coming of Jesus, he said, you're going to know when it happens. Right before it happens, you're going to say, this is the day the Lord's coming back. You go, really? Absolutely. We're going to know within a day or two, we're going to know when it's right. Now, I, I you know, we all know it's, it's hovering around us, but it hadn't settled yet. We're going to know, and it's going to help us. But Jesus said, you're going to know. He said, you're not like the others that are in darkness and don't know. You're going to know. He's not going to come like a thief in the night to those that don't know. So I want to know more. I want to know the future. I've known some things in the future, and that's what you have faith for. Faith begins where the will of God is known. You have never had faith for something that you didn't know if it was the will of God. If you don't know it's God's will to heal every time, you will not have faith for it. You'll lay hands on it, and you'll say, God, if it be your will, and you'll just be be like a piñata thing, just stabbing at the air. But when you know it is the will of God for Billy Bob to get healed, and I'm going to release my faith, and it will happen. It'll happen. When you know, when you bring your tithe into the storehouse, you'll know, this is changing my future. It's not just going in the plate like, you know, just uh, something that we do. It changes my future. When when we do anything, it changes our future. So I am going to propose to River Church this morning, just as a growing up of all of us, that we affirm today two things that will change our lives. First of all, that we're going to meditate the Word. It doesn't mean that you're day and night. It just means you're going to do it more than you are because growing always requires a step. We're going to meditate the Word. You're, to know the will of God, you've got to meditate, not read it. Whew, I can read two chapters in 13 minutes. Yeah, I can too, but you can't meditate them. You could take time to meditate a verse and do better than reading two chapters. Himself bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, should live under righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. When you get that down in you so that it's in every bone and every nerve, it's in every organ and tissue, you know it, you're oozing that scripture, you know the, the fullness of it, then when you step into a room, you're electric with the power and ability to heal because you know it's who you are, not something you have. So we're going to meditate the Word. And the second thing you've got to do to be powerful in this state, to always win, is we've got to know the future. And the way you know the future is by speaking in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues. If you don't know the future, we can pretty much say you just don't pray in tongues enough. It doesn't mean you don't, but it just means if you want to know more of the future, you're praying the Holy Ghost more. So many times when you just take an hour, and an hour is full 60 minutes, and there's 60 seconds in every minute. There's just lots of seconds in an hour, and you just go, you know, you're just out there, nah, no, nah, my God. I see. You're just praying, and nothing makes sense, and you're just... But then when you're done, not necessarily immediately, but... Something Many times, but, but in that day or in the next day, something happens and you know what you didn't know. And not just that, you have a confidence of what you know. I know this is what I'm supposed to do. I know this is what they're going to do. I know I should change jobs, that I should ask for a raise, that I should. You just know. And it causes increase and promotion It causes you to go past tribulation to amazing. It seems like it should be harder than this. It seems like you ought to climb every mountain and, you know, go into a cave and cut yourself and, you know, not eat for 16 days or whatever. But really, it's just get full of the Word, His life, and then stir up His life, praying in the Holy Ghost. The Bible calls it the tongue of men and angels, where we just pray and say the will of God. We call it praying out the plan. You don't know enough, pray out the plan. I said pray out the plan. I don't have time, I understand. Time is the one thing that's the same for everybody, except the Bible said that he will multiply our time. You know about translation, but the Bible talks about Philip being translated actually was in one place, baptizing the Ethiopian eunuch, and suddenly he was preaching in another place, that's one way God will multiply our time. But there's a lot of other things. He causes us not to have to do things over. I'm a big do-over person. Don't want to be, didn't intend to be, but when you mess it up and they say it's got to be another way, you have to go redo it. So everything's wiped out that it took to do it the first time. And so you you have, you have eliminate the do-overs. So, uh, tribulation to amazing comes from knowing the future and willing to take the time, Lord, however long this takes to get it in, to get it in right, to get it in solid. It will pay. It will pay. So let's stand up today. Hallelujah. And let's, let's flow a little bit. (coughs) Let's just let's just pray in the Holy Ghost just for a moment here, and just pray out, uh, just as an example or a demonstration of 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 the Holy Ghost in us. Ilabada so de deso, jire brojo show guiaso gere bonzia today. Ah diabron ge le bonzia glabesso ti asu te debu sidi avrete bu kiato ze glabih si debonzia glabo. Frahana munziata Bure sududu shedere Bugai Avrigi Dere Bus Bahada Bahara Bushere Bus Sidida Kalabragara Bus Sadhira Bahana Mun Zagadita Dushade Kovreke Shiango Zabrugada Sukadeh. So let's take it up a level. Ju gadeso ti da brata, z da brhana mun zaga labaha da zude bus da, zibre debedo zida da branda bedeso ti shabaga da yus der bon Baha labaha frandara bus dita brush kole bro de bus bahata. Okay, now, since we can't go by feelings, we don't know from feeling whether anything just happened, but according to the Word of God, plenty just happened, even just for a few moments there. We weren't two minutes in. <laughs> there's 58 more in, a, in an hour, but I'm telling you, There's increase. Does anybody have anything that they got right there? Well, you wouldn't know if you got it then, but anything anybody's got to share. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Well, the Lord says this. In the passage of time, men struggle and men take their time. But in my realm, saith God, things are done by faith and the fullness of the end comes immediately and there is no time. So as you go to timelessness, you enter into the faith realm and you will see and know that which is in the future and you will possess it in the moment of time from the beginning and the span will seem as nothing as you go your way. For so, so set yourself, saith God, into the future even now and take no thought about the days and the weeks that would be in between what you know and believe and what you see and feel. And I will shorten the days, saith God, and I will make it as nothing for you as you rejoice over the end that I show you in your faith. And you will see, saith God, that great increase will come as you know my plan for your life and you begin to cooperate and set yourself in partnership with me. So will I do it, saith God, and so will you (laughs) rejoice in the fullness of it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Woohoo. Thank you, Lord. Well, I want to encourage you this morning. If you want to do something spiritual, read the Bible. I'm not talking about Leviticus. Please stay out of Amos and Obadiah for a while. <laughs> they're in there. I, I promise you. I saw them the other day. They're, they're in your Bible. Obadiah's in there. But get in there. Get in there. The book's of the epistles from Romans through Revelation tell you who you and I are and the powers we have. It's amazing. Meditate and you will know the future. and increase will come. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Eric, do you have anything? Anybody have anything? Well, we'll pray for the sick. If you're not feeling perfect, we want to pray for you. Believe God with you. After this is over, I bless you now in the name of Jesus. I release you to do exploits according to the will and the way of God that you will do illustrious acts as you live your life. I pray for divine connections and intersections uh, between you and the will of God that the life of God flowing through you will affect and change your world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.